you've tuned in to Naturopathy Earth Radio in Occult Health News, where you get the latest on medical cover-ups, government malfeasance, toxins being put in our food and home, as well as sound, clean eating principles. We are here to cast a light on what the big sick care industry and its government shills don't want you to know. Don't be a slave to Big Pharma. Break free of shackles of big food and start your journey now on a long, purposeful life. Become a citizen of Naturopathy Earth. Here's your host, A. Gregory Luna. Hello, everybody. This is A. Gregory Luna. You can call me Gregory. And welcome back to another episode of Naturopathy Earth Radio and Occult Health News. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about some medications that might make you obese. But before we begin, the website is naturopathicearth.com. Go check out the articles. Go check out the recipes. Go check out my Instagram feed, which is directly through there. I have a section on, and I really don't prop this one up enough. I have a section on natural remedies. You know, I don't really talk about like the the reasons you should eat ginger, the reasons why you should eat licorice, the reasons that you should eat uh, cinnamon and so forth. But there's a very large section. If you go under the tabs under natural remedies, I have a lot of articles about, I guess, what would be perceived to be more pure naturopathic items and articles. Because I, I know, given the name of the website, that I'm not really talking pure naturopathy. I talk more about medical issues, medical conspiracies, and so forth. But I do have a section in the the website. And I really don't talk about those things because the feedback I get is either through when I've done episodes on those topics or people, what they've told me is they prefer more of these more practical day in, day out kind of topics instead of, you know, what, what are the benefits of kava, you know, and, and, you know, what are the applications for, uh, I don't know, peppermint oil or something like that. So uh, that's why I don't really talk about them, but there's really great articles over there. I recommend that you check them out. Also, of course, we have a Patreon account. I would really appreciate if you can donate a couple of shekels to keep the enterprise going, the dollar or $5 a month, just follow the links on the episode notes of this episode or go to the, the page. It's over at uh, patreon.com forward slash naturopathic earth. Also, of course, I have my confessions of a obese child memoir, which you can find on Barnes and Noble Nook and Amazon Kindle. Please give it a read. If you have Amazon Unlimited, read it. Just let me know what you think. Post a review. I'd appreciate that. As well, and of course, I am a certified holistic paleo-inspired health coach. If that's enough adjectives, so if any of you need to lose some weight or just want to clean up your diet, please let me know. I do have a pretty proven track record of keeping the weight off. I mean, I haven't been a health coach for too long, but I definitely have something that your trainers don't have, which is 27 years of keeping my weight off. So, contact me if you're interested in that. All right, let's start talking about these rugs. Before we can begin talking about the drugs, I want to talk about the ghosting episode that I, I did a couple episodes back, and I've been getting a lot of feedback on Facebook and on uh, just just in general. I post on Twitter and so forth, and it's interesting because a lot of people don't know the, the terminology of breadcrumbing and benching and so forth. But then when you explain it to them, and it takes a long time to explain it, like a full explanation, it's so universal. You know, it is so common amongst both sexes. 
how people string other people along. And I've even had some people who were honest and they said, you know, I've done it to people. I'm not perfect. And I knew what I, what I was doing, uh, but it was something that I needed at the time. And since then I've apologized, which is great. Look, if, if you have breadcrumbed or have benched somebody, the easier thing, as we mentioned in the episode, is just, you know, block them and never talk to them again. But if you think of the 12 steps and in general, overall forgiveness, uh, the best thing to do is is just to, to to apologize and say, look, I wasn't in a good place. Or even if you, maybe you were in a good place and you just liked the the supply of getting attention from a bunch of people, just say, look, I, I know what I did was wrong and I'm really sorry uh, that I, I led you on. You don't deserve that. You know, and it goes, apologies go a long way. And in general, for everything, not just this particular topic. And when people can't apologize for what they've done wrong, it's a glimpse into their character. It's also a glimpse into their hubris. You know, that's excessive pride, especially if you can step back and introspect and realize that you did something wrong and then refuse to apologize. That's hubris. That's pride. That's not the good pride. That's the bad pride. And the worst one is when you, st- if you can't even step back and see what you did was wrong, because that suggests there's something wrong with your moral compass in general. So remorse and guilt, compunction, these are good things to have, not in excess, because that can lead to scrupulosity. But in general, I mean, it, it's your conscience telling you that you, maybe you've done something wrong. All right, let's talk about the drugs. Let's talk about the drugs. So we're going to be gleaning from Health Magazine. And I want to do this topic because I'm going to put it both on Confessions and NP Radio because it deals with obesity. And a lot of people simply just don't know that there are drugs that will make you more apt to being overweight because of taking these particular drugs. So often medications taken to treat a variety of ailments from depression to diabetes to seizures come with an unwelcome side effect, weight gain. And that's something doctors often fail to warn their patients about. Oh, you don't end a sentence in a preposition that drives me crazy. Should be. And that's something about which doctors often fail to warn their patients, even though that sounds awkward like Yoda. And, you know, one of the reasons why doctors don't tell them is the doctors don't know. You know, the doctors don't, they're not reading the inserts and a lot of them don't know. And, and if they did know, I think they would preface and tell them that. But at a time when 40% of adults and almost 20% of children and adolescents in the United States are obese, it's important to be aware that medicine, that a medicine that is improving your health in one way may be hurting it in another. Excess weight increases risk of heart disease, cancer, and other illnesses. Now let's look at this stat. 40% of adults are obese. So obese is 20% more than your BMI, which is typically about 20 to 25 pounds overweight. So that's not even looking at the stat of how many Americans are overweight, meaning they're above their BMI. And I don't really like the BMI. And when I talk to the students, you know, I'm a high school medical teacher, if you don't know, I tell them the better way to figure out if you're overweight is, is put your height in inches, divide that number by two, and your waist needs to be lower than that number. So if you're 5'6", that's 66 inches, then your waist needs to always be less than 33 inches. That's a better indicator whether or not you're overweight because we're looking at the abdominal fat. And the abdominal fat is a better indicator of obesity than the BMI. So if you're looking at overweight, I mean, that stat, as I mentioned a couple episodes back, is around 60 to 70% of Americans are just overweight. So this is a major problem. So one thing is eating the right foods. But if you're taking drugs that are, are, are doing this, that's self-sabotaging. You know? So you need to know about these things. The good news is that alternative drugs are often just as effective without causing weight gain. As with most things, medical treating an illness is often a matter of balancing the good with the bad. So as a rule of thumb, talk to your doctor about treatment options. If you're starting a new drug, 
And if you find yourself gaining 8 to 10% of your initial body weight, so if you weigh 120 and you're gaining 12 pounds in two months, yeah. And don't stop taking a prescription drug on your own, which can have a dangerous consequence on some of these. It can, for example, make depression worse and more difficult to treat or cause rebound seizures in those with that condition. We've talked about the episode with depression. I don't know if it was with the one on depression or antidepressants in school shootings, but uh, antidepressants, a lot of them have that bounce back withdrawal effect. And a lot of people who take, uh, let's say, Wellbutrin or something like that for a family death or they just lost their job or divorce, and they only want to take it for three, four months. When they try to get off of it, they can't. The side effects are bad. They get the shakes and the electrical shivers. And, and so they go back on it just because the side effects are so bad. And you see this with a lot of medications. And so these people are taking these drugs forever. And it, it's difficult. So that's why ideally we don't want to go down the road at all of these medications if there is a natural cure for them. Because once you get on them, you either can't get off of them or the side effects are really, really bad. All right, so let's knock out these drugs. All right, the first one are antidepressants. We've talked about this in previous episodes about uh, biohacks for remediating depression. I think that's one, maybe episode 15 or 16 on natural ways to biohack mild to moderate depression. And the other episodes that we've covered with with depression, antidepressants, and the problems with these drugs, we've talked about how they have the side effect of weight gain. So worldwide, depression is the number one cause of ill health and disability, according to the World Economic Forum. And the CDC estimates that one in 10 people older than 12 take medication for the condition. Jesus, one in 10. A lot of money to be made by people, right? A lot of money for big pharma to make. One common symptom of depression is loss of appetite. So when patients start taking antidepressants, including selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, those are the SSRIs, those are the most popular ones, such as paroxetine, which is sold as Paxil, and fluoxamine, which is sold as Luvox, their appetite often comes back roaring and with it the pounds. Quote, Lucy Wilkening, an assistant professor at the fake School of Pharmacy at the University of Incarnate Word, says, in this case, the weight gain is good news because it means the drug is working. Patients are feeling better and want to eat again. Well, that's not always true. Look, one of the signs, if you look on the DSM, the Diagnostical Statistical Manual for Mental Health Disorders, is either you're eating too little or you're eating too much. So I don't necessarily think that these drugs are quote-unquote working. You're going to get this from a spokesperson professor at a pharmacy school uh, that they're working because you're getting your appetite back. Hmm. No, I mean, there's something in, in, in the, pharmaco- the pharmacology of the drug that causes the weight storage. Wilkening said that patients who are concerned should ask their doctor about alternative medicines not associated with weight gain, including fluoxetine, which is Prozac, citalopram, which is Celexa, escitalopram, which is Lexapro, sertraline, which is Zoloft, and bupropion, which is Wellbutrin. Well, before we get off the antidepressants, I want to mention that there was a 60-week study found that people who took Prozac shed more weight than the placebo group, up to 11 pounds in the first six months. They started to regain the weight about halfway through the study. So look, Prozac is a little better, but again, it's one of those drugs that you will have weight gain. So just switch to uh, Wellbutrin or something else. All right, the second group of drugs that causes weight gain, and a lot of people take these drugs, right? These are, and these are over-the-counter, are going to be antihistamines. 
Taken occasionally for allergies, antihistamine shouldn't, shouldn't cause weight problems, but many people are so fearful of the symptoms they use them year-round. Yeah, because like I've been fortunate. I don't get a lot of allergies. Uh, about three times a year, I, I get this like really bad sinus infection where my face feels like it weighs 20 pounds. And I've done episodes in the past. If, if you're one of the dieharders who's listened since day one, I've done some episodes on it. But as a whole, I don't, I don't have the allergy issues. A study in 2010 in the journal Obesity found that those who take antihistamines daily had larger waistlines and higher insulin levels, a sign of obesity. Older antihistamines such as diphenhydramine, which is Benadryl, we've all taken Benadryl, right? Trigger weight gain by boosting appetite and making users drowsy so they aren't as physically active and burn fewer calories. Newer drugs including cetirizine, which is Zyrtec, Fexofenadine, which is Allegra, I think, uh, yeah, and Loratadine, which is Claritin, are less likely to cause weight gain, but still may do so. Still, there's an easy way to avoid the problem. You need to be smart about these drugs and use them only when you really need them, which is during allergy season. Yeah, so I mean, what, again, and, and we know like Benadryl, diphenhydramine, is commonly used for as a sleep aid. People take it as a sleep aid. And, and a lot of people, and this is, and if you read the Insomniac Chronicles, I have a, a little five, five section blog. It's under the Confessions of an Obese Child tab on the website. But, but when I was really, really bad into my insomnia last year, I wrote about why I don't even take over the counters because you can develop an emotional crutch to these drugs. So let's say you got 20 out, you know, 20 minutes of sleep, you know, an hour of sleep. And the next day, you know, the people, when you tell people you don't can't sleep, well, what do they always tell you? Oh, take an Ambien, borrow an Ambien or take, take a Benadryl, right? Because everybody's got Benadryl. And the reason I never took Benadryl is because even if I took it and slept an hour more and got two to three hours of sleep, then kind of like how wine is at night to unwind, then you, Take it every night, right? I need this to sleep. I need this. It becomes an emotional crutch. It can easily become an emotional crutch. And then you're taking it every day. So that's a major problem. And then Allegra, I mean, Allegra is is very, very common. And there was a study in 2010 that found that people taking prescription antihistamines such as Allegra and Zyrtec were 55% more likely to be overweight than those not taking the drug. 55% more likely. So antihistamines, blocking the histamines. Histamines are, are things that are released by the body when, it's, when there's some sort of inflammation. Can cause, can cause a disrupt in the enzyme in the brain that helps regulate food consumption. And so that's one of the reasons why it can cause that uh, weight gain. So yeah, very common drug, guys. Stay away from them long-term use. A third pretty common drug, uh, especially for people with autoimmune problems, are going to be the corticosteroids, steroids, in other words, steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. So the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs are going to be medications that you commonly find over the counter, like Aleve, uh, Motrin, Tylenol. Um, I think I think I believe Tylenol is an NSAID, but these are the SEDs. So these are commonly sold as prednisone and uh, cortisol. So this is a class of steroid hormones prescribed for a variety of chronic conditions, including asthma, rheumatoid arthritis, and lupus. Rheumatoid arthritis and lupus are both autoimmune problems, as well as to those who received an organ transplant. 
Not only do they increase appetite, these drugs also redistribute body fat to the abdominal area, so any weight gain is more noticeable. Okay, let's delve a little more specific into these. Oral corticosteroids, such as deltazone, are more potent than inhaled forms and carry a higher risk of weight gain, particularly with long-term use. A 2006 survey of long-term oral corticosteroid users suggested 60 to 80% had gained weight. Higher doses, such as those for asthma and inflammatory bowel disease, are more likely to have this effect than lower doses, such as those for rheumatoid arthritis. It's hard to counteract the side effects of long-term steroid use, but exercise diet, in some cases, taking metformin, which is a diabetes drug, can help. So um, there's a couple of things here. So it's its own kind of steroids in the adrenal glands. So that's where cortisol is made. And they've done studies that, that showed, like, if you're taking an exogenous or outside source of something, kind of like the same thing with anabolic steroids causing your testicles to shrink, or even, I mean, to a much lesser extent, if you're taking melatonin, which is made by the pineal gland for sleep, it can cause these organs to just stop making it because they're like, oh, I guess I don't work, right? It's like, it's like the inherent uh, poor work ethic of a communist country. If I am only getting paid, you know, two rubles, why should I work? If this guy's working twice as hard, I might as well not work twice as hard. So the organs are like, why? Well, well, I guess I really don't need to work because we're getting this outside source. So one of the things is that can cause a long-term disruption of that hormone making that, or that organ making that hormone whenever you do get off of it. But just be aware. So the articles suggest that it's the oral ones that are worse for the, the corticosteroids and the dosage. So again, be aware. And, and when a doctor tells you, you know, you take steroids for whatever drug, just, you know, you, again, doctors, you don't necessarily have to listen to doctors or, or at least you can voice a, a rebuttal and say, you know, I've heard that these drugs cause a weight gain and I don't want to gain weight. Is there any other drug you can give me? So, I mean, always communicate with your doctor about these things. Okay, the fourth classification of drugs that may cause you to gain weight are going to be anti-seizure drugs, anti-seizure. The mechanism by which the anti-seizure medicine Divalprox, which is Depakote, Depakote, causes weight gain is not well understood, although it may be because the drug, which is also prescribed to treat frequent migraine headaches and bipolar disorder, increases cravings for carbs. In a 2007 study in the journal Seizure, I love that journal named Seizure. For example, a quarter of men and almost half of women who took the drug for a year or more gained an average of 14 pounds. But that may not be reason enough for most patients to stop taking it. Quote, seizures are a serious medical condition and Depakote is an effective drug. Doctors may be hesitant to take patients off of it if it's working. Close quote, says Wilkening which is one of the guys who, who ran the study. There's another anti-seizure drug, Lamictal, which is sold, it's the generic is Lamotrigine, that is less likely to lead to weight gain. But Wilkening said patients' best bet may be to adjust their diet and exercise regimen to help keep weight under control. A 2007 study of epileptics found that 44% of men and 24% of women gained 11 pounds or more while taking Depakote for about a year. So half of the women, quarter of the men. The drug affects proteins involved in appetite and metabolism, although it's not clear why it appears to affect women more than men. 
Lithium, another mood stabilizer for treating bipolar disorder and at times seizures, is often associated with weight gain, albeit less than Depakote. Good old lithium. Reminds me of that old Nirvana song. Yeah, so mm, seizures are bad. You know, epilepsy is bad. You can have those grandma seizures, the ones that you're shaking a lot. So, you know, again, so if if you've been prescribed Depakote and you notice you're gaining weight, nip it in the bud and go talk to your doctor and see if they can put you on on Lamictal or one of these other drugs. The fifth type of drug that can cause weight gain is going to be insulin and the diabetes drugs, which is kind of ironic because the biggest risk factor for getting type 2 diabetes is, is weight gain. So you've, you've gained the weight and then they put you on insulin or, or one of the drugs and then that causes you to gain even more weight. So diabetes, this increasingly common disease occurs when muscle and brain cells become resistant to insulin, the hormone that signals body cells to absorb glucose to use for energy. So insulin is like a key. I think I've mentioned this in past episodes, like a key to allow the muscles and the organs to suck in the glucose to use as energy. And for whatever reason with type two, the the key uh, is not opening these doors. And so what results is that not only do you have high blood sugar, you're going to have high levels of insulin, which in, in itself leads to fat storage. And that's one of the reasons Aside from diabetes, we've talked about how eating three every three hours leads to does not it makes it harder to lose weight because you're always having insulin in your body. Some popular oral diabetes meds in the sulfonylurea class, including chlorpropamide, which is sold as diabenes, and glyburide, which is sold as macronase, work by stimulating the pancreas to release more insulin. Aurelia Bazuldia, pharmacist and professor of family and community health at UT Health Science Center, says, quote, that causes insulin to store excess glucose as fat, so you gain weight. And some people also tend to eat more for fear of hypoglycemia or low blood sugar. So as she says right here, this professor says it. Insulin stores, makes the body store glucose as fat. Another class of drugs called thiazolidines, thiazolidines include... Wow, I got to really work on my spelling here. Bioglitazone, which is sold as Actos, and Roziglitazone, which is sold as Avandia, that help insulin work better so less sugar is lost in the urine. This can lead to weight gain and fluid retention, so bloating. Another popular alternative to these drugs, according to Bazoldia, is metformin, glucophage. Metformin has been around forever, which makes cells more sensitive to insulin, so it allows those keys to open up. This allows the liver to produce less sugar, reducing the risk of weight gain. Newer self-injectable drugs like once-a-day lariglutide, which is Victoza, and once-a-week dulaglutide, which is Trulicity. Oh, my, look at that name, Trulicity. Work similarly. Okay, so those were a lot of drug names. So to review in that, Actos, Prandine, so it's going to be the, the group of drugs, the sulfonylurea. So this is going to be diabetes, insulase. These are the ones that are going to increase the, the appetite and, and have more insulin. And so the insulin is going to be stored as fat. Whereas metformin and bieta and genuvia are less likely to cause weight gain. Less likely. Now, for you juvenile diabetes or type 1 ones where you have to have insulin injected into you, um, insulin's not much better. So insulin, of course, as we just mentioned, tends to promote weight gain. So we're going to talk about exogenous or outside insulin. 
One study found that people gained nearly 11 pounds on average during their first three years taking insulin, and about half of the weight gain is thought to occur in the first three months. So, you know, six pounds in three months isn't too bad. 11 pounds over three years isn't too bad, but still, it's weight that we shouldn't be gaining because of of, of taking a prescription drug. Okay, so I'm going to talk about some other drugs uh, just really shortly because some of these other ones are not that common, and so not a lot of people take them. I really want to cover the big five, uh, which we've already mentioned, uh, the anti-seizures and the antidepressants and the antihistamines and the steroids and and so forth. But uh, some of these other drugs you probably don't take, but there's a drug called Remeron, which is uh, the generic is mirtazapine. Remeron is an antidepressant that enhances serotonin and norepinephrine, which are linked to weight loss, yet the antihistamine activity of this drug may tip the scales toward weight gain. Typically, Remeron is given to elderly people who are underweight to improve their appetite. So it's one of those where I guess you need to be gaining weight. Another one, oh, I know a family member who was taking this, was Zyprexa. Zyprexa, which is the generic, generic is olanzapine. Is it antipsychotic? So antipsychotic, like uh, uh, what was the one my mother was taking? Zombilify. We called it on Zombilify. Halidol. These used to be given to psychotic people that were locked up in psychiatric wards, and now they're commonly given as a antidepressant to an antidepressant. So you've been taking one of the antidepressants and you're still depressed, and they give you one of these antipsychotics, which are super strong drugs. So Zyprexa. And clozapine, which is another one, compile on the pounds. A 2005 study found that 30% of people on Zyprexa gained 7% or more of their body weight within 18 months. These drugs used for schizophrenia and also as a depression double-upper, as I mentioned, and bipolar have potent antihistamine activity and inhibit serotonin, which may trigger, trigger weight gain. Another not-so-common drug that can cause it is Thorazine. Thorazine is another antipsychotic. It's the generic is chlorpromazine. Thorazine also has an antihistamine activity, so it's similar to the Zyprexa. And, uh, yeah, just don't be taking these drugs. I mean, at least unless you're, like, really, really having psychotic episodes because it's typically just like the, the, the Zyprexa is used for treating schizophrenia, but it showed not even to be that effective and you can have motor problems and Lord knows what else other problems that you can have. Another common one is going to be a tenolol. So a tenolol, the laws are used to treat high blood pressure. So this is sold as tenormin, but uh, tenolol has been around forever, so you typically get the generic. So it's a beta blocker. And beta blockers are among the go-to drugs for high blood pressure, but the older ones, such as tenormin lopressor, which is metoprolol, and enderol, which is propranolol, can expand the waistline. One study found that people taking tenormin or atenolol, propranolol, all these, all the lols, gained about five more pounds in the placebo group. And research suggests that most of the weight is gained in the first few months. Newer beta blockers, calcium channel blockers, and ACE inhibitors are less likely to cause weight. So, look, a lot of people are put on high blood pressure medications, and, you know, I have a conspiracy theory about, about this. I have my own theories about this. See, in the old days, not, not like 30, 40 years ago, we thought that a good healthy blood pressure was like 140 over 90, and now it's 120 over 80. And, I, and, and you know, the skeptic would say, 
Well, the, the, the idealist would say, or the trusting person would say, oh, we have more research and technology that shows that that 140 over 90 is actually still uh, you know, borderline hypertensive and we need to have it lower. The cynic would say that big pharma has grappled and gone their tentacles into medicine enough. And we know, we've talked about several episodes on this in the past about big pharma's uh, connection with, with uh, medical schools and so forth, that... 120 over 80 is, I would say, and I've done blood pressure checks on my own students because they have to learn how to do vital signs. And even most high schoolers don't have that blood pressure, much less most adults. So we've already talked about, you know, overweight is what, 60, 70%. Obesity is, is 40, 50%. So they know that most people aren't going to have that. And so they're like, oh, well, I guess you're going to have to be put on blood pressure drugs forever. And then you're on these drugs for the next 50 years and you never question about it. So all right, so so all the laws you got to worry about the weight gain, but in general, like there's a lot of naturopathic kind of natural alternative healing herbs that are really good for blood pressure. So if you look at all the foods and they have polyphenols and catechins, so dark chocolate and the, and the colored teas, cinnamon, blueberries, ginger, turmeric, all these things are known to be very good for your blood pressure. Apple cider vinegar, for example. So try those out and see if they naturally lower your blood pressure before you get put on these these drugs. And the last one I really want to talk about, and we've talked about this and we have a specific, a specific episode on birth control pills, but oral contraceptives are known to cause weight gain. And it's specific ones. Now everyone is, is different, but really it's, it's the studies. If you want to believe the studies, it's really the long acting progesterone only injectables like Depo, Medro, Oxyprogesterone, Acetate, DMPA, that has been consistently linked with weight gain. But I will say that if you read the inserts of pretty much every hormonal contraceptive, it will say that one of the side effects is possible weight gain. So if they're writing it in the insert, you know that it's likely. So there are several reasons that women should not be on birth control pills. And if you want more information on that, I would go to the specific episode on it. So it's episode 42, the 21 reasons you should be wary of taking hormonal contraceptives. So I'd go back to that episode because I know a lot of women listen to this podcast and um, a lot of you guys are on hormonal contraceptives. So definitely cover that episode. And um, uh, we also the episodes that we cover for the IUD, which is around episode 125. And uh, that's another one we talk about uh, alternative treatments for, for hormonal contraceptives. All right, let's finish up. Okay, so we know that weight loss, which is needed because, again, 50 to 60% of Americans are overweight, if not higher. Weight loss is important because we know being obese increases your chances of almost all the big killers. And so as it is, it's hard enough to lose weight, and it's even harder to maintain the weight. But now you got stuff like this that is sabotaging you that you might not even know. I mean, we have to deal with the food porn on television. We have to deal with the incessant ads. We have to deal with all of our uh, you know, coping mechanisms for emotional eating or alcoholism. All these things are already sabotaging us, You know, the, the poor sleep, to make us gain weight day in, day out. And now you might be taking a pill because you've trusted your doctor 
and you might be taking some anti-seizure drug or you're some diabetic drug or some antidepressant. And now you're like, oh my God, this is causing me to gain weight too. This has been sabotaging me. And so it's extremely frustrating. It's extremely frustrating. So look, if any of you are taking these medications or if you know anybody who's taking these medications, please forward this episode to them or at the least tell them, hey, I heard that you know these drugs may cause weight gain or you know, Google it yourself, research it yourself, and then have that person or have you go talk to your doctor. We don't really have enough time to go through each of these drugs and the natural ways we could treat them. We've talked about diabetes. We have a standalone episode on ways you can reverse type 2 diabetes. I think that's around episode 70. So there are, there are specific episodes I already have on these particular things. But again, it's all about deception and knowledge. That's the whole point of this podcast series is exposing deception, either benign or intentional, and then making yourself knowledgeable so you can make decisions. So if you're on an antidepressant, and you're worth worried about the withdrawal effects, then go back and, and listen to that part and maybe see if you can get on to one of the other drugs that doesn't cause weight gain because we have enough stuff that is sabotaging us to maintain a healthy weight. We don't need these backdoor fifth column drugs jeopardizing us even more. So if ideally, if you can get off of them, just like the 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 antihistamines, because those those really, I mean, for allergies, we we shouldn't be taking them. So those are over the counter. You can get off of those. Then then get off of them. For all the other drugs, try to find, if not a alternative health, holistic health, naturopathic health, botanical solution, botanical medicine solution, then switch to a more benign prescription drug. As always, guys, hit the subscribe button. It would take you two seconds. It would mean a lot to me. And as always, post a review for Confessions of an Obese Child and NP Radio. Confessions needs more reviews because it's more of a specific niche podcast. I would love it if you post reviews for both of them, but really Confessions needs more reviews. So just it would take you a minute. It would really mean a lot to me. All right, let's cue up the Nine Inch Nails. Thank you for listening to NPE Radio in Occult Health News. Visit our website at naturopathicearth.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Occult Health News and at our Facebook page at Naturopathy Earth. Please consider a donation at patreon.com slash naturopathic earth. Consider subscribing to our podcast. And as always, please post an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to this. And remember the core belief at NPE. Let food be thy medicine. Let nature be thy healer. Until next time. Music attributed to Nine Inch Nails.